And we're live. Welcome back, everybody, to a new episode of the Wheelie Podcast. I'm your host, Micah Toll, and I'm joined again by Electrex. How's it going, Seth? I'm good. Awesome. So we've got a little bit of a lag. I'm about halfway around the world in Spain. Seth is holding down the fort in New York. And so uh, bear with us if we have a little bit of lag here. But uh, fortunately, to make up for it, we've got a lot of interesting stories this week. There are, as usual, several new electric bikes, uh, some from Porsche. We are uh, also looking at a new or new to the U.S. e-bike reseller known as Upway, who has uh, opened up operations here in the U.S. And Seth got a chance to visit them, so we'll get uh, the lowdown on how their operation works, which is pretty neat. We've got new e-bikes being teased by a British company called Wow. Uh, There's an interesting update to an electric bike lawsuit between two companies. Uh, We're going to look at some braking issues between uh, mechanical and hydraulic brakes and a review of bike, kind of a a weird looking but pretty neat e-bike. Uh, and then we're going to move on to some other interesting stories, including a uh, electric mini truck that is being built right in the U.S. and is headed for street legal homologation. And we're going to finish off with uh, Luna's new Talaria Triple X, a really interesting sort of uh, lightweight electric motorbike, uh, which, again, Seth has the lowdown from some pretty cool uh, uh, sneak peek info. So where are we going to start with, Seth? All right. Uh, Porsche releases uh, two new electric bikes, and you better sit down for the price. Yeah, so uh, I won't bury the lead here too much. These two bikes are priced at between about fourteen and a half to fifteen and a half thousand dollars. That's pretty pricey. Uh, I will say these are pretty nice bikes. Uh, we're talking about uh, carbon bikes, predictive electric shifting. Um, the Newest transmission, best brakes. I think these are the MT7Es from Agura, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, like the best that uh, bicycle component companies have to offer right now. And of course, you're going to be paying a premium for the Porsche sticker on the side. Now, it's important to say that when it comes to Porsche bikes, these are not, you know, white labeled, um, you know, take them out of a catalog or partner with an e-bike company bikes. Porsche has done a really good job of actually developing uh, their electric bikes. I think they started a few years ago with similar looking models, but they've kept expanding these models. Uh, They've worked with other e-bike companies to expand their offerings. They previously bought Grape, which was like Remax e-bike partner. Um, And so, you know, Porsche is not paying lip service here. Yes, these are incredibly expensive e-bikes, but the company actually significantly invested in the direction sort of the the leading edge of what automotive companies are doing in the the two-wheeled e-bike space i don't know if you could get me to pay fourteen thousand dollars for one of these e-bikes or i think the the nicer version of the e-bike uh cross performance model that they're charging i think it's fifteen and a half thousand it's really just a a few different special edition colors that, that bump up that price so you know you're you're talking about some serious upcharge here but if someone, you know, wants just really like the best of the best components and wants the bike to match the swooping lines of their Porsche Taycan, I guess, then this might be the bike for you. I don't know, Seth, could you see yourself on a $15,000 Porsche e-bike? Yeah, I could see myself on it. I don't see myself <laughs> shelling out the money for it, though. 
so uh you know maybe we'll we'll check one out at uh Eurobike or or something like that. I, I do notice that they have the uh ABS front brake. I mean it's basically everything top spec'd out. Uh and then of course the Porsche logo on there. Uh, how much of this is coming from Grape or or the other companies they bought? Uh is it, you know, obvious that this is a great bike or is it just like a Porsche bike with maybe some grape knowledge? Yeah, it's a little more of the latter here because this is really like a another um, sort of addition of an existing line they've had with this cross performance. And so we're, we're probably going to see some grape like bikes in the future, but this is really more Porsche DNA. Okay. And then of course, this is a Euro bike. So, you know, to be legal on Euro roads and, bike pass it has to have a 250 watt motor is that what this thing has i mean i know porsche often puts uh big motors into their system so right so the i'm looking at the specs here but um p801 and so like a lot of these sort of european legal motors it's going to say 250 watts on it but you know like like we often talk about these motors are really over spec for that 250 watt uh, in this case, you know, they're really looking at the torque number instead of the, the power number. And so I don't have the, the specs in front of me right now for the torque on this motor, but you better believe it's going to be one of the higher end models with the higher torque. And so 250 watts is, is really more of a, a 250 watt in name only situation here. Got it. And, and that, that makes sense. And that's kind of what we would expect um, from both Porsche and a bike that costs $15,000. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's move on here. Uh, Upway. So Upway is a uh, French uh, bike reseller, um, and they opened a U.S. shop. Um, actually, I think the grand opening was like March or April, but it was kind of a soft opening. And um, they brought out some press, although I didn't see anybody else there. Um, they brought out some press uh, to the shop or to the warehouse to have us look at their operations and, you know, obviously when you open up a kind of a reseller of uh, bikes, you kind of want to get, you know, the warehouse full or, you know, get things going. So I can understand why they waited a couple months before having us out. Um, But it's a really cool uh, idea um, for a number of reasons. One. So the the big idea is that they take bikes from uh, bike stores that, you know, didn't sell for whatever reason, Um, They're 100% e-bikes, so there's no acoustic bikes here. So any bikes that didn't sell for whatever reason at an e-bike shop, um, they can, you know, they buy them at a discount. They take a look at them, uh, make sure everything's running well, you know, repair anything that might be weird. Um, And then they also take bikes from, you know, like the big companies like Cannondale and, and Reese and Mueller, um, they take last year's models that are sitting in warehouses that didn't sell and, you know, the new ones are coming out. And then they also, um, for bikes that are in high demand, um, and they, they said mountain bikes in the U.S. were in high demand, as well as uh, the kind of bucket bikes you can see here on the uh, the, uh, the picture if you're watching us. Um, those are in super high demand, although, you know, those cost a little bit more to ship in and out. Um, so they, they take these bikes, they uh, go through this inspection process, and this is kind of their little, um, th- their processing center here. 
And um, if it's a used bike, then they they repair anything that's wrong and they try to fix up scuffs and they you know try to make it look and feel uh, as new as possible. But for most bikes, most of the bikes they process through here, they're they're they are new bikes. Like some even come in the in the boxes uh, unopened. So they take them out. They they put a kind of bike shop level of um, you know uh, you know we we've, we've talked about in the past where the brakes aren't tight or you know there's a bolt loose so they go over everything and make sure the bike is ready like like a bike shop would um and then they take pictures of it and then the picture you can see on the left side the upway logo there's like a, a photography thing where a camera goes around in 360 um and it only takes like a minute for them so they you know they push the bike in there they push a button you know 20 shots get taken of the bike and um it's ready for upload to the uh internet on their site and then, um, you know, they can get a bike in the morning, uh, have it processed and on the website and even sold in the same day, which is kind of impressive. So they're not, they're, they don't want to sit on a lot of inventory. They want to kind of move the stuff through, through, and they, they anticipate they can move thousands of bikes a day. Uh, once their name gets out there, once they got, wow. you know, they have the, the, uh, incoming bikes as well. Um, and they, they said they've, not you know they not only get bikes from uh the shops and the the manufacturers but they also for the high demand bikes they go around on like facebook marketplace and craigslist and and all the places and they say hey this is a bike you know we can fix it up or it's in really good condition um and we can sell it for a profit so let's let's buy the bike um and then you know bike shops uh if somebody's trading in a bike or whatever can also go to them and that's that's kind of an interesting piece of uh this uh, story is um i actually saw uh, my friend my friend's mad mod um Sanders mad mod uh, i think he said it was uh too heavy for him or something and i was like wow that's a mad mod it's uh it looks just like my buddies and they were like uh do you live in croton on hudson and i was like yep i know <laughs> i know who's my mad mod that is so i didn't even know he was selling it um but he he uh you know went through the process pretty quick it's like three steps on the website and um you can you know just uh pitch your bike to them they'll look at it if they like it and the price they'll they'll you know have it sent to them and give you the cash so um it's a great operation you know it's working in uh berlin and paris right now uh and they they ship to four countries in europe and i think it'll be popular in the u.s they're actually already looking for a west coast distribution point because uh i think there's a lot of people in california and uh, the West Coast that are, you know, buying from Brooklyn and they're, you know, selling these things or they're shipping these things cross country, which isn't uh, terribly uh, efficient. Yeah, so, I think you mentioned in the post, too, that there's even a, a warranty that you get when you buy a used bike and warranty. Is that through Upway? Yeah, that's uh, so Upway will, after inspecting the bike and making sure they can kind of stand behind it, they'll give you a one year warranty. And actually, even a 14-day, uh, just no questions asked, um, you know, return policy. So if you don't like the bike for whatever reason, when you get it, you ship it back, and, you know, you're, you're even. But if something happens, like, you know, tire gets loose or whatever, uh, six months down the road, uh, they will either ship you a, a repaired uh, piece or they will, uh, you know, fix, have it fixed for you. So... Um, it's kind of like buying a new bike. You know, if you bought a truck bike from a you know a truck shop, you would get a one year like, you know, warranty on it. 
so this is kind of putting warranties on on older bikes now a lot of the bikes they sell are you know new from the shop but um the companies uh that are selling you know the the last year's bikes to them they don't want to have to warranty something so so they can sell it to them at a lower price and then you know upway kind of takes that responsibility but they also you know charge a little bit more um so you know the price is like you know we're obviously uh always looking at uh you know prices of e-bikes it's you know obviously one of the biggest uh, components of the whole situation um they're not amazing uh you're not you're not going to find like um you know 80 percent off bikes here but uh <laughs> you know there are some that are half off of list and you know of course they're last year so you know you might on a bike shop website you might get a you know, 10 20 percent discount but here you're getting you know 50 to 60 percent off so um, there's definitely deals to be had. There's definitely like uh, you, you're gonna, there's definitely something for everyone as well. And you know, one thing I really liked is they have this configurator to, or this uh, finder tool where you say, "Hey, I'm this tall. I'm you know I'm I want a bike for off roading or you know what you want the bike for and all your kind of specs." And it spits out like a, a number of bikes that might be good for you. Well, if you're shopping for a new bike and you want to know, hey, like what other bikes are are out there in my kind of configuration you can kind of use this fi- uh, finder tool for that and uh, i you know i've i've actually sent some people over there who've kind of been looking for new e-bikes so um all around pretty pretty sweet i you know the flip side is that um you know like i was at a trek event later that same day and i was talking to him and like hey i was just set up with it's pretty cool i saw one you know a couple of your bikes there and they're like eh well we're gonna we're gonna start buying our own e-bikes back and selling them on our own site. I was like, Oh, do they, you know, like I hope other people don't do that. And it just so happens that, uh, the, uh, Saunders bike that we saw there, um, Saunders has, you know, kind of, uh, an open, open box. Yeah. Let me see if I can bring it up on the website here. Um, Saunders has like an open box website. Um, and it turns out that they're selling, you know, uh, Saunders only offers a 90 day warranty versus Upway's one year warranty. And, you know, who knows how long it'll take Saunders, you know, it could be a year before your bike shows up. So, you know, they, they, <laughs> so they, they show the bikes, uh, in two to five days, you know, from purchase to delivery. So it's, it's better in a lot of ways. Um, but there's not, you're not going to find like the crazy discounts, like, you know, what we just saw there. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, I think they're going to do okay. Um, it's just I wonder how much the uh, the other bike companies are going to say, "Hey, this is a great model. We should do this to our own bikes." Yeah, and I can already tell I'm going to be wasting a lot of time on their site looking at different bike deals. Yep. Yeah, that's what happened to me. I'm already I'm already a like a a, a daily user. All right, let's move on. Uh, pronounced "Wow," Project Cyber teased as a revolutionary high-performance electric bike. So, Wow is a British e-bike company. Uh, they're they're well known for their style of bike that looks a little bit like the original Saunders bike with a filled-in triangle, but has these really cool long taillights that run down the back of the bike along the seat stays. And so now they're teasing this new what appears to be a much higher performance e-bike 
that uh, has the name Cyber, and it's uh, you know it looks more like an enduro, almost like a kind of a small Suron or Talaria type bike, but it's got those same long uh, tail lights. It looks like running down the uh, seat stays in the back of the bike. It also has what looks like sort of uh, complementary headlights running down the front of the fork. So we don't know too much about it yet, but it seems like it's going to have something that's sort of in that blurry gray area between motorcycles and sort of heavy electric bicycles. Uh, I don't think it's going to rival something like a Metacycle because it doesn't look like it's meant for that. It obviously has pedals in the teaser image, but we're certainly looking at something that looks a lot more high performance than the commuter electric bikes that WOW is known for. Um, and I know the company is going to be at Micromobility Europe in a week or so, a big uh, e-bike and e-scooter and other personal electric vehicle show in Europe. And we're going to be else? there as well. I was going to say, who else is going to be there? You are. So, yeah, exactly. So uh, we're expecting to hopefully see this there. There's no confirmation or anything, but it's a pretty neat looking model and it's right in their backyard, uh, the Amsterdam show. So it's not too far of a jump from uh, the UK. So we're hoping to see this and, and learn, learn a lot more details about this bike. Their design drawings. I don't know, a pretty aggressive bike to me. Oop, I think I might have lost it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm here. So, uh, yeah, I was just saying that uh, based on the drawings there where they released uh, a number of sort of early design sketches, it looks like this design is going to be pretty aggressive, in my opinion. Yeah, it looks really nice. Uh, although, like, are those, is that headlight actually functional? I mean, it looks cool, but it looks like also there's a headlight in the front as well. Yeah, well, a lot of these sort of uh, concept art images the lights are one of the first things to get modified before they actually hit the production line. And uh, from this teaser, it almost looks like there's a pedal there. Is there going to be a pedal on this bike? Yeah, it definitely looks like a pedal to me. So I think they're going to try to slip this into like this. It'll be interesting. That's for sure. All right. Uh, Let's move on. That looks like an interesting bike. Uh, e-bike company uh, apologizes, recalls electric bike model after a lawsuit. And we should probably point out that this is not the electric bike company. It's another generic e-bike company. Yes, absolutely. Not to be confused with the electric bike company known as electric bike company. This is an e-bike company uh, called Himaway, which you're probably familiar with Himaway if you've seen a number of e-bikes, especially uh, lower cost direct to consumer bikes. So they more or less ripped off the Jackrabbit micro bike, which you can see on the left there in yellow when they released the Himaway Pony. There are some subtle differences that this looks like a straight up Jackrabbit ripoff. So after they launched it, Jackrabbit sued Himaway and they basically said this is like clear design infringement. And it took about a month or so, but we just got response from Himaway, who says that, first of all, they acknowledge that it's infringement. They say they did not intend to, that they used sort of second party suppliers for several key parts. And so that's sort of where they say that the similarity came from. I don't know how much, you know, you want to take stock in that. Um, but at least they do own up to it and say, yes, this is infringement. We apologize. We're stopping production. We're recalling the bikes. I'm not sure any actually made it to customers. Um, but they said they're recalling them. And uh, 
they said that it's a sort of growing experience for them and they're going to be a lot more careful um, in future launches. And they say that they're going to um, sort of slow down their make sure that they're not designs. So it's, uh, it's an interesting case where a company actually owned up to a pretty obvious case of copying another bike. It's, we've seen, you know, what look like nearly photocopied e-bikes before, but rarely do we see a company sort of accept that they've made a mistake and respond to it so quickly. So uh, it's pretty, uh, I'd say I'm pretty impressed with their response here, though it's unfortunate that this lawsuit even had to happen in the first place. Yeah, uh, I wonder if their lawyers were like, hey, not a good idea. Uh <laughs> to take this this you know it's not an easy case to win um or if uh they were just like you know what this is bad for us we're not gonna not gonna go down this road yeah i don't think any lawyer is gonna want to take on this case when it's that obviously uh, a copy yeah oh well all right uh moving on uh mechanical versus hydraulic disc brakes on electric bikes the pros and cons of each yeah, so sometimes we like to dive into sort of the uh, more technical aspects of bikes. And this was a fun chance to do uh, sort of a, a deep dive on brakes because we're starting to see many more e-bikes, especially in the low-cost territory, coming out with hydraulic brakes. Um, and at the same time, I often see misinformed commenters and comment section either, you know, saying that uh, mechanical brakes are, you know, like just basically garbage and you should never ride a bike with them or on the other hand saying hydraulic brakes are you know not worth it and you know there's no point in upgrading so this was a a good chance to sort of lay out the pros and cons of each and to sort of summarize here uh, mechanical disc brakes which have a uh, mechanical cable that runs from the brake lever down to the brake pads the advantage is there that they're lower cost and they're a simpler system. But uh, this advantage is that they don't provide as much braking force for the same finger pull, meaning you got to pull harder with your fingers to get the same stopping power. And they require more maintenance, uh, or at least more regular maintenance. As that cable stretches, it's really important that you take up slack either by moving those barrel adjusters or by actually pulling more cable through. It's a very simple form of maintenance. You know, you can do it with a single tool, but I commonly see people who don't, understand bicycle maintenance and they come to me with their bike and they're like, Hey, why is this not breaking? And I pull the levers and the levers touch the handlebars and I have to explain to them, well, your cables are all stretched out. You need to really, you know, adjust these. And so that's a big advantage of hydraulic brakes is that if you're someone who doesn't really know a lot about making adjustments on your bike, you just know that you like an e-bike and you want to get one, then hydraulic brakes are kind of, um, you know, set it and forget it. When you get the bike, they're basically going to stay tuned as long as you have pads maintenance is when you wear all the way through your pads now if you're a you know heavy duty rider that you go every day and you're riding 20 miles a day you might go through pads in two or three months if you're a weekend warrior you might change pads once a year so a lot less maintenance on hydraulic brakes and they're more powerful so you know with one finger you can get good stopping power but they're more expensive so uh I don't. I, I hate when I see people sort of like uh, denigrate mechanical brakes and say that you know they're not worth it. But at the same time, it's uh, it's a shame to see people say that like hydraulic brakes you know aren't worth the upgrade. So I think that in this case, when you look at the pros and cons, you can really make the decision whether saving money is worth it to you or whether you want to have a easier to use, lower maintenance solution like hydraulic brakes. Do you have a favorite between the two, Seth? Uh, I'm I'm a hydraulic guy, uh, and and I think the prices are coming down on hydraulic 
uh, breaks to the point where it's almost not worth even, you know, even on the, the low cost bikes, you're not saving that much money. And, and the electric one um, is a good example of that. It, like what is the price difference these days? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, for electric, it's always hard for me to judge because they, they're like several hundred dollars under the industry average. So I don't know what like voodoo they're doing, but definitely across the board, we're seeing prices come down on bikes with hydraulic disc brakes. So I have to imagine that with more options, perhaps more supply in the market, this just isn't costing e-bike companies what it was a few years ago. And that really translates into more um, strong, low maintenance braking solutions for consumers without having to spend thousands of dollars to get there. Now, are there any advantages to mechanical brakes? Like, is there something, you know, besides cost, is there something, is there applications where they work better than hydraulic brakes? So I would say that the the biggest advantage besides cost is that if you do have to do maintenance, sometimes if, for example, you get in a wreck or something and uh, you loosen up a nut on your brakes or you somehow get a hydraulic leak, that's a much more complicated process to re-bleed brake lines, most people are not going to be able to do that themselves and they'll have to take it to a bike shop. Whereas with mechanical brakes, you could spend five minutes watching a YouTube video and be pretty good at adjusting your own brakes. Yeah, that's true. But uh, as you said, uh, you're going to be doing that regardless because uh, just, you know, if you get a new bike, uh, those cables are going to stretch a little bit and then all of a sudden you're going to be all the way at the bar squeezing as tight as you can and not getting the braking you need you know, I've been there. Uh, I've, I've had, that's happened to me. And, you know, as a new bike, new, you know, I'm not a bike mechanic, but like, you know, when I first got into bikes, I was like, well, why do I have to do that? And then, you know, of course the bike guys, like all this happens to every single mechanical disc or mechanical brake bike, the cables are just, the metal just stretches. That's just normal. So yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people who get into e-bikes are new to bikes, you know, totally because they're coming from a car or they're coming from, you know, taking the bus. And so it's important to learn those things if you're going to have mechanical brakes and know how to adjust them. Yep. All right, moving on. Uh, Neus BQI C3 Pro review, a funny shaped yet awesome electric bike. So this one, it's I actually really like the design here. It's like a giant V. It's a really low step. But the cool thing is that both the seat tube and the down tube have a uh, battery built into them. Now, it's removable, so it's not like a uh, you know, hidden battery, but it's integrated into the tubes. So there's uh, about a 500-watt-hour battery in both of them, which means you get a kilowatt-hour of capacity in what doesn't look like an overladen bike because you either a hidden battery and the other battery is bolted on, or a lot of dual battery bikes just have two like big, black, bulky looking batteries. And so for a dual battery bike, I just really like the clean, nice look of this one. And to me, the red on white just looks really good too. They have a uh, red on black version, but it doesn't you know, pop as much. So I like the, the colorway here. But moving past the, uh, the dual battery setup for a second, which is still sort of my favorite part here, there are definitely some other nice parts. There's a, a built-in rack. There's a Gates carbon belt drive. Uh, we've got those hydraulic disc brakes. We're just talking about hydros. Um, it's also got a, a very nice screen that has a readout for both of the batteries. So you can see that like one of my batteries is at 35% and the other is at 55%. So you're not guessing like, you know, two battery bikes often have a single battery display that averages 
is them or it only tells you the highest one um, into this bike that uh, to me, I think really make it a, a nice upgrade over a lot of other dual battery bikes. But at the same time, there are some downsides here. For one, with that Gates carbon belt drive and a hub motor in the back, you only have one gear ratio. And so single speed bikes that um, are class three e-bikes like this one that go 28 miles per hour, a single speed doesn't work very well at the high end. You know, your feet are, are spinning like an egg beater. And when I ride this and I'm you know up at 28, I literally almost can't pedal fast enough to catch up to the point where it would actually give me, you know, help and propulsion. I'm basically what we often call like ghost pedaling or mime pedaling, where you just spin the pedals to engage the sensor and you're not really, you know, adding anything yourself. So while I love Gates Carbon Drives and I will always, you know, love when I can get a bike with that that uh, carbon business that we can include a uh, internal geared hub. Maybe that would mean having to do a front hub motor and then in the rear having an internally geared hub. We couldn't do it this way because, you know, they give us that uh, 750 watt rear hub motor and there's just nowhere to put uh, any gears with a belt drive when you don't have a hub in the rear. So that I think is the biggest disadvantage. Um, I mean, you can even see in some of these, like how fast I'm having to pedal to hit 28 miles an hour. It's almost comical. So while I love my belt drive, uh, I don't know about the gear ratio on this bike. That's probably the, the biggest downside. But most everything else here, I think, is is pretty awesome. And you got to remember, this is also coming from a uh, company that is known for building high-quality electric motorbikes. We're talking like mopeds, scooters, um, and millions, right? This is uh, a Chinese company that, for the Chinese market, has built literally millions of electric mopeds. So, you know, good quality company. They're nice, speed, reliable product. So I just would have loved to have seen some better gears and some better gear ratio. But uh, all in all, I think, you know, a nice set of parts. I don't think I mentioned the price here. So uh, uh, just to finish off this verbal review, I think it's priced at 1999 bucks right now, marked down from 2199 which I think is the MSRP. So, you know, $2,000 for a dual battery Gates carbon belt drive. I think that's that's pretty fair. You know, if they knock this down a little more during the holidays, I'd call it like a steal. But uh, for a very nicely made e-bike from a company that's known for quality, this is this is pretty fair in my opinion. Uh, any thoughts on the bike, Seth? Uh, does, does it have a throttle? It does, yeah. So okay. um forgot to mention that. The throttle only works up to 20. Um, you know, regulations mm-hmm. that keep it technically a class 2 e-bike, though there's, you know, the argument about whether even having a, a throttle means that it can't be a class three e-bike even if the and the other thing is i think that it's available without a throttle in europe so um you know for countries that they aren't allowed i think they have a european version so that's that's interesting to me because i can't imagine uh being able to pedal uh beyond 20 miles per hour to get that uh you know up to 28 miles per hour and if the throttle doesn't work beyond 20 miles per hour i i don't imagine that this bike is going too far beyond 20 miles per hour unless you have you know 180 cadence legs or something yeah i mean i definitely got it to 28 but it's not the kind of thing that i would want to do for 10 miles straight just because you're, you're right. pedaling so dang fast and you can't gear this thing differently right it's a belt drive so uh you're you're pretty much you get what you get like uh pulling on the front yeah that, that would be some serious work to change the gear ratio yourself 
Yeah. All right. Uh, well, that, that certainly seems cool. And, and we know uh, Neve's uh, been around for a while. By the way, uh, their stock had a little bit of a hit lately. Do we know anything about that? Yeah. Um, I don't know anything. It was like the day after my review came out, but I don't think that's mm. connected. <laughs> Interesting. What are the chances? All right. Uh, did a little editing on that one. Yeah, it's weird the video didn't embed there. Thanks for working on that. Yes. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, America's first U.S.-built electric mini truck begins street legal homologation. So, yeah, this is mostly an e-bike and light EV podcast, but we really love mini cars because they play nicer with during the road and this is a mini truck like if you see the two people in there if you're watching the feed with us it looks pretty tiny but it's got a pretty large flatbed back there that has fold up side panels and a tailgate to make it a little pickup truck or they make a, a whole box in the back so you can have like a box truck that is still quite small and lightweight it's called the aero vanish and they're building these in texas they're undergoing homologation right now so they're going through all those tests for low speed vehicles that ensure that it meets all the requirements. You know, it only goes 25 miles an hour. It has uh, all the right DOT approved components. It's uh, produced in the right type of factory. They've, you know, registered everything, et cetera. So we're expecting these to start production uh, of the first 50 units later this summer. And then uh, after the summer, they're expected to scale up production. Uh, right now though, they're still in that homologation testing, which it's a little, don't have, as extensive a list of regulations the way a normal car or truck does. So the homologation should go much quicker than for a conventional vehicle, but we're still waiting to see when these things are actually going to be available. They are a little bit pricey. I believe they start at about $33,000. So you're probably looking mostly at commercial customers that have a need for a low speed vehicle and don't mind it being, um, you know, smaller, maybe for them, it's a, it's a plus, you know, using around campuses, grounds, crews, airports, that kind of thing where they would need like a small nimble little electric vehicle, um, or even indoor use, you know, a lot of these are narrow enough to fit through double doors. So in warehouses and that sort of thing where an electric vehicle would be an advantage. So you don't have emissions, but, um, you know, at $33,000, I worry that it's going to have a little bit of trouble, you know, getting rolling. So cheaper, uh, uh, internal combustion engine powered vehicles. So hopefully the, the kind of people who are looking for something like this already say, you know, we don't want uh, an ice drive train. We want an electric vehicle. Yeah. And, and that was kind of what stuck out to me. And, and one of the, the commenters as well, the top commenter is like, you know, you've showed us all these uh, trucks from China that uh, cost, you know, less than <laughs> like some are even down in $5,000, even shipped uh, under 10,000. And this is, three times that. Um, so, you know, it's a little bit of a hard sell uh, for general usage, but as you said, um, I, you know, I could imagine this being used inside at uh, like a CES event or in a warehouse um, where uh, you can't, you know, do internal combustion type things. Um, and, you know, obviously these are just starting off the ground. You can't uh, automatically get to scale. So maybe the, the, you know, the more expensive initial ones kind of pay for the, you know, the, the R and D and the homologation and all the other stuff. And then, 
you know, as they scale up, they can drop the price down to 20,000 and even less. Uh, but, you know, as of now, 33,000, as I always say, like, why not just buy a Chevy Bolt? Uh, yeah. They're, they're cheaper and, and you can go more places and they're already homologated. So uh, I like the idea. Uh, I, I like where the, this is all going, but, you know, in the same way that gem is kind of stuck in its, you know, low volume, high cost market i i fear that this this is also going to be uh, a problem here as well all right um moving on so do we want to do the hay bike tyson um yeah we could do it now or we could save it for next next week let's do it whatever uh, uh whatever you want to do it. it's too late now we're doing it all right, the Haybike Tyson <laughs> review. This full suspension folding electric bike actually surprised us, and it did. Yeah, so the Haybike Tyson. It's nice to see, first of all, a novel frame design. There are so many twenty-inch folding fat tire e-bikes out there that they kind of start to look alike after a while. And in this case, we've got this cool new hydroformed frame here. So it's a little more sweeping. It's a little more uh, bulbous in a way. Um, but I really like it because I like seeing new approaches to uh, a style of e-bike that we see a lot. But moving past the design here, uh, it's important to note that this is actually a full suspension e-bike. So generally when you see the word full suspension, you gotta add like several hundred dollars to the price of an e-bike. But this one comes in at, I believe, 1699 if I'm not mistaken. So for a full suspension fat tire e-bike, that's a, but they're known as being a decent direct to consumer e-bike company. And so $16.99 is, is a really fair price. And I know Seth and I both tested this bike out. I'll tell you my impressions first, and then uh, you can hear his. For me, I found it to be quite comfortable. Um, you know, in, in addition to the full suspension, you've got those fat tires, which have those really nice uh, brown sidewalls. And to me, this was just a really nice, comfy bike for riding around upright, you know, easy to, easy to ride, doesn't hurt your back from leaning forward, that sort of thing. Uh, pretty heavy, I think 77 pounds, if I'm not mistaken. So even folded up, you know, it's kind of a, a hassle to lug around. But uh, it's got some cool features to it. It's got turn signals, which Haybike has started including on pretty much all of their bikes, I believe. Though the one downside here, and I always say this about turn signals that are too close together on bikes, is that to me, it's hard for to tell, you know, that it's actually a turn signal when the left and right are blinking light in the center line of the bike. So, um, you know, I hate to like, you know, ding them on details like that, but if you're going to put turn signals, I like the way Aventon does it where they're spread out really far. So it makes it more obvious, but you know, that, and maybe like kind of a jumpy cadence sensor, otherwise, you know, a comfortable, pretty decent e-bike as far as, uh, low cost full suspension bikes go. Now the suspension is not high end. So don't think that I'm, you know, telling you this is a great electric mountain bike. This is, you know, kind of cheap suspension, but for just casual recreational riders, which are the kind of people who would buy a hay bike, it it works. It's you know comfortable and, and easy to ride. What did you think about it, Seth? I thought it was great. Uh, I agree with you on just about everything there. Um, but I would you know I would point out that um, you know I was riding this around on flat areas and I was getting up to like twenty five miles per hour, which for a seven hundred fifty watt bike, um, that's pretty good. Like that's uh, kind of like the high end of what we would expect we didn't, I didn't get there fast, but, um, it was pretty quick, but then, uh, I hit, uh, some Hills and I found that the Hills, uh, were a little bit more challenging for this bike than I, 
you know, a typical 750 watt bike would be. So, you know, I wonder if the, the gearing on the hub motor uh, is a little bit more set for flat land rather than uh, steep hills. Um, yeah, I could definitely see that. So, uh, you know, if, if you're a flatlander, then you're going to have a great time with this. If you're on hills, maybe, uh, and, and I'm not, I'm not talking like just regular hills. I'm talking about really steep hills. If you've got some really steep hills, maybe you pick up a little bit more powerful bike or one that's geared, uh, toward more torque and less speed. Um, I agree with you on, uh, the, the lighting and the turn signals. Um, it's funny, like, I think, uh, one of my friends pointed out that like from any like standpoint of the bike, you can see at least two or three hay bikes, you know, either the lights or the side of the bike or the, the cable that comes down. They've, they've got, they've got this thing like branded out like fully, <laughs> but that said, I really like the, the, the look of the bike, uh, the green color. I, it's a shame we both have the same color. It'd have been cool, if, but whatever. Uh, the green color is super cool. Um, I, you know, I like the, uh, the brown sidewalls. I think that's a good, good look. Um, and, uh, you know, it's got reflectors and we talked about the lights and the turn signal and it's even got a horn, uh, which is, you know, not a huge deal, but, uh, it adds to the safety factor of the bike. Um, I put a, uh, you can see in the, in the post, um, I put a, uh, little, uh, milk carton on the back of mine. So, uh, love it. Yeah, can add a little bit of uh, storage there. Uh, it was pretty helpful. Um, what else? Uh, brakes were great. Um, I don't know how how did you feel about the brakes? Uh, yeah, I mean they're they're not fancy, but you know hydraulic disc brakes. I think those are are one sixties, if I'm not mistaken, or were they one eighties? And I can't remember. They all run together. I felt like they were one eighties, but I also don't know for sure. Yeah, also the uh, the small wheels of the fat tires plays tricks on me, like for proportions. So it's harder to tell on those uh, small diameter fat tires. But yeah, I mean, it to me, it felt like on Flatland, it had plenty of go and plenty of stop, which some e-bikes only have one or the other. So it's good to have both. Yeah, and the, the folding mechanism was great. I obviously put a uh, milk carton on the back of mine, so it became a little bit bulkier. But um, it was, you know, fine. I did have... So, uh, overall great bike. Uh, my, my problem, I know you had a, a loose bolt on, uh, yours, but mine, it, the front wheel wasn't seated correctly. So I had to let out all the air and kind of reseat the, uh, the front tire. It was like kind of wobbly at the beginning. I was like, Oh my God, what happened? And I looked at the front, the actual, um, the, the wheel itself. And I was like, that seems fine. Why is it, you know, why are we bumping here? And, uh, it turns out that the, the tire wasn't seated properly. So that was a quick and easy fix, but kind of goes to your point of like, uh, you know, no matter how good the bike company is, check, check, the check all the pieces to make sure everything's tight and, and working well. Yeah. And that also sort of speaks to the difference between like a, you know, 2,500 or $3,000 bike and a $1,500 bike that those nicer companies, they take the extra time or, you know, they force their employees to take the extra time to check everything to, you know, two or three times. Yeah, definitely an extra level of quality control sometimes. Um, everything else was great. I found the seat very comfortable. Uh, the riding, you know, you're riding uh, upright, uh, which is fine. Uh, the suspension, as you said, was, you know, nothing amazing, but, you know, it softened up the road a little bit. So yeah, I think overall it's a great bike. 
Let's see. I think, uh, is Talaria our last thing here? I'm excited to hear about this one. All right. So uh, we can't say everything that we know about this one, um, unfortunately. But if you if you guys are interested in this bike, uh, and, and it's kind of like a, a electric motocross bike in the, in the Suron uh, vein, um, Luna is going to announce tomorrow morning at uh, 8 a.m. Pacific time, so 11 Eastern and... Uh, I don't know what, whatever Europe it's, it's uh, actually, there's a different distributor in Europe. So, um, which we'll come, we'll talk about here in a second. Um, so th- this is a really exciting bike. Um, I've actually ridden on a prototype of it. It's, it's kind of going to be a big deal, I think, um, because, you know, it's, it's low cost and we can't say how low, but it's going to be crazy low cost. Um, it's going to go fast. Like, I don't know where you're going to typically ride this thing. Cause you can see that um, it's got street tires on it or at least gravel tires. I mean, these are not like off-road tires. Um, so the legality of this thing is going to be a big, big fat question mark. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like to be honest, we've seen Surons all over the place. So, uh, you know, whatever, if your jurisdiction is just like, Hey, e-bikes are cool, whatever, we don't care. Then, you know, maybe this is a situation or maybe, you know, live on the beach or you have dirt roads. Um, I think, I think this would do, these wheels would do well on the dirt road. Um, anyway, uh, Eric Scott, the, uh, sorry, Eric Hicks, the, the head of, um, Luna cycles posted this on Facebook, uh, yeah, last night. And uh, we've been kind of hearing some whispers about it. It's called the Teleria XXX, Triple uh, X. Um, what's interesting about it is you can tell from the picture that the rear wheel is going to be uh, smaller than the front wheel. Um, it kind of takes that Teleria um, we've talked about before, um, the Sting R. It kind of takes that look, but it, it's a little bit different. The battery kind of goes down the side of the bike. And uh, when you know, we were kind of doing some research on this and trying to figure out uh, what's the deal here. Um, we found that on um, the UK Facebook, um, there's a uh, Talaria group that they've actually posted uh, this this bike to. So this is the XXX in a different color. And this is kind of the, the color I saw when I was at Luna. Um, you can see this thing has crazy amounts of um, suspension. So I don't even know, five, seven inches, something like that front. And also a big, a big, uh, rear suspension as well. So this is like the dirt bike version of it, but even on, uh, the other, um, the teaser that, uh, Eric put out for Luna, um, you can tell that this thing has a crazy amount of, um, suspension, both front and back. So, you know, where is this going to be ridden? Like, what is it going to be road or is it going to be off road? Or I'm, I don't think it's going to be homologated, especially at the price that uh, they're putting out. So the UK site um, said uh, 3,500 pounds for theirs. Um, well, that's already a very low, low price. I mean, I think that the, the Teleria um, sting in Europe goes for, like 5,000 euros so or 5,000 pounds. So um, other things we know about this bike, um, the one in Europe, we, we can't say if the one in the U.S. is going to be the same, but the one in Europe has a 60-volt, 40-amp-hour battery. So that's 
2.4 kilowatt hours. That's already bigger than the Suron, I believe. I think the Suron's like 38 amp hours. Um, we And it's a little bit less than the Telaria Stings, 2.7 kilowatt hours. Um, we talked about the, the front and rear wheels. Um, the, the weight of the bike is only 128 pounds or 58 kil- kilograms. That's, I mean, we've ridden e-bikes, like, you know, pedal e-bikes <laughs> uh, that have weighed pretty close to that. So that's a really light e-bike, especially when you consider the size of the battery. Um, the English one says the top speed of 47 miles per hour. Uh, if we know Luna, we know it's probably going to be a little faster than that. Um, they might not advertise it as such, but, um, you know, the enduro tires alone will, will help. Um, let's see what else. So the smaller battery, is that where that really good price comes from then? I mean, it's a little smaller. It's So the Sting has a 2.7 kilowatt hour battery, and this has a 2.4. So it's just a 300 watt hour battery difference. Yeah, it's not that much. No, it's it's pretty good. And I imagine uh, this is going to be a little bit more efficient because it's so light. Um, and, you know, looking at this these pictures, um, the, the brakes seem burly like it doesn't seem like they skimped anywhere on on too much the only thing i would say is like i don't like as somebody who needs reading glasses i don't love the uh the kind of the display that's on the the thumb i kind of wish they had a bigger like speedometer uh thing in the center like the suron um but i also think that this is kind of like one of those things where they're like hey let's cut a couple hundred dollars off just by doing this one little thing. Um, and I'm sure knowing Luna as well, that there'll be an aftermarket, uh, thing that you can throw on the front. Uh, if that's, you know, something you're after. Um, so yeah, what's, what's kind of important here, uh, if you're into this bike or into this kind of thing, um, you do want to show up tomorrow, 8 AM Pacific time. So 11 AM Eastern, and get ready for this thing to go on sale because it's going to go on sale and the, the price is going to be crazy and it's going to go out of stock almost immediately. And they're <laughs> probably going to sell like three years worth of supply in like 10 minutes. So <laughs> make sure you get at the front of that line. Um, and, you know, I think I think I have to say that I'm I'm probably going to have one of these my, my damn self. So, uh yeah, I, I don't know yeah, if there's I a can, better... There... Yeah, I can see you having too much fun on that thing. I, I know that has like way more... I, I think my skill level is not where it needs to be to, to really push that thing to the max, but it's the kind of bike that makes you want to become a better rider to really pull out everything it wants to give you. Yeah, and so um, the British site says peak power of 3,500 watts. Um, we know Luna usually like doubles their... Uh, the stock stuff. It's like um, a snack for Luna. Yeah. It's like for skier, but uh, <laughs> you know, in terms of uh, range, we didn't talk about that with that 2.4 kilowatt hour battery. Uh, they think that they, they can go 50 miles with those you know dirt bike tires, which are not terribly efficient at 3.5 kilowatts, which, you know, you can probably get going 45 miles per hour uh, at 3.5 kilowatts and, you know, just kind of hang there if you're pretty aerodynamic. Uh, so you could probably go 50 miles in an hour, uh, with this thing. 
uh, which is, you know, like when you're talking about motorcycles, that's, that's pretty good for the, you know, a low price bike like this. Yeah. That's commuter. Like, you know, if assuming this was street legal, like you could use this for really getting around. Yeah. That's the other interesting thing. Um, on the UK Talaria site, uh, the Talari UK, you know, official account said that there's a road legal version coming out this summer, which this summer is like uh, a couple weeks away. I mean, <laughs> it start, starts a couple weeks away. So I wonder if this thing uh, here is going to have a street legal component to it. And that is something I do not know. Um, but it would be super nice if, if there was some sort of way to make this thing street legal. Um, in the same way that like a zero FX or, um, well, that would be beautiful. I mean, we'll have to see what Luna does. I'm excited to see what, Luna... sorry, I think we talked over each other. <laughs> That's all right. The, the, uh, the lag is, is a little bit, uh, much anyway. Uh, I think we're in, uh, good shape and we may have a special guest on next week. Uh, Eric has been open to the idea of uh, joining the podcast to talk about this and his other e-bikes. Uh, we're huge fans of Luna's. So hopefully we can get him on. Fingers crossed. Yeah. All right. I think that's all of the stories today. today. So let's move on to some comments here. Um, extra, extra hero. I wish it was a part of the website, which up, so we're talking about upway here which updated readers on current deals on e-bikes, but I understand that would probably be a whole job in itself. Well, you're in luck, Extra Hero, because there is a part of the site. Let's see if I can go to it. Oh, wait, we're not. Let me see. Not screen sharing anymore, I think. I know, I got to add it again. <laughs> Here we go. All right, uh, so they have new arrivals, but they had sale. Look at that. Boom. Nice. Stromers everywhere. Whoa. And Vost. And there's a serial rush. For 32, 3300. Uh, Momentum, Haros. They got four pages of sales. Big discounts, too. Yeah. They've got some Go Cycles straight from Europe. Oh, more big 19, discounts. 1900. Giant. This is dangerous. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of funny bikes there. So, yes, uh, they do have uh, the sale page and they have the uh, new arrivals page, which are both in my browser. Uh, I say more Jackrabbit clones are fine as long as the cloners keep finding adorable animal names to call them. Uh, not a legal oh, like strategy. The pony. But... <laughs> yeah. Uh, didn't Himaway already have a copying scandal with Magicycle? I'm not familiar with that one. So I thought that went the other way. There's the Magicycle uh, has a cruiser that is very similar to the Himaway cruiser. I don't know if they're exact copies. They're pretty darn similar, but I thought Himaways came out first. Maybe I'm wrong there. All right. Let's see what else we got here. All right. Uh, Theo Frias, can you talk more about the Talaria XXX from Lunacycle? Uh, we did talk as much as we are allowed to, but uh, stay tuned next weekend. Uh, well, you know, get on get on the site tomorrow, uh, lunacycle.com at 8 a.m. Pacific, uh, 11 uh, a.m. Eastern. And make sure that if you have money in your bank account, 
uh, that you have your credit card handy. And uh, if you're into a bike like that, I think a lot of people are going to want to want to jump on this. So uh, check it out. And then, uh, Micah, what are your thoughts about the Black Tea Motorbikes Indiegogo? Uh, I know you had some experience with this. Were you bummed that they aren't doing USA deliveries? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Black Tea Motorbikes, the, they're a German electric motorcycle uh, company. They did a successful Indiegogo a couple of years ago, maybe a little more than a couple of years ago. But they, after long delaying shipping U.S. bikes, finally canceled U.S. orders and are in the process of refunding them. And what they were saying is basically that shipping has become so problematic that a huge amount of money on those. And so it's incredibly unfortunate because it means that um, people who bought the bikes even though they will get their money back, basically gave this company a, a loan interest-free for two years to use their money. And so um, it's obviously, it's it's a real shame for the American uh, buyers. But at the same time, I guess Black Team Motorbikes had to choose between fulfilling these orders or surviving as a company. And if your other option is not surviving, I guess they had to choose survival. So, you know, it's a real shame. I get why they did it, but also as one of the American customers who had his order canceled, I commiserate with my countrymen who are not going to be getting what I was hoping to be a very awesome black tea electric motorcycle. And then uh, can you change your bike to somewhere in Europe or Israel, or is that off the table? Um, yeah, I, I guess if someone had a place that they could send it to in Europe, it's a possibility, but I don't think most people will be able to do that. All right. I think that is all the comments. Uh, just a few things. Uh, Theo, Frias, check out the website for the specs. Um, and pretty much it for the comments. Awesome. Well, uh, we're normally back every two weeks, everybody, but we may be back in a week with Eric to talk to Larry and other Luna shenanigans. So check back for that. And uh, as always, thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll see you next time.